You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, this is Andy, and welcome back to Your Woo Woo Best Friend. We have a guest today. We're going to get right into that conversation. Before we do, I want to say thank you to each of you who have joined me for Soul Strategy readings over the last month and a half. I still have all of September and much of October booked with the readings that we opened up to this community at the beginning of August. To be very honest, when we opened these up on Wee Wee Studio, I expected we would book like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20. And what happened blew my mind. We booked so many of these readings and we ended up having to open up additional slots all the way through October, as I shared. And then that was that. We closed the door on these. We will do these again sometime later this year or early next year. It's so rare that I have an opportunity to do one-on-ones in this way. I didn't know what to expect, and it's been really fulfilling for me to get to spend this time with those of you in this community. If you missed it, you can definitely get on the wait list for future. We are getting ready to open up the fall session of Manifestation Blueprint. I was looking at some notes the other day from our last couple of sessions. We've now done this, I think, three or four times, this particular course. And the notes that roll in around the things that our students are calling in to their lives is so incredibly special, and I will certainly share more of those stories in future. I was able to go hang out this weekend at a friend who was a student first, but a friend now, at her home that she called in working through the Manifestation Blueprint process. Her name is Jordan Laurel. She's been on the show with us, came to tell her manifestation story, and I'm so looking forward to sharing more student stories after this next session that is coming up around the fall equinox. So keep your eyes out for that. We definitely have a wait list going, and I'll include the wait list details in the show notes as well. So today's interview, I have with me today Taylor Page, otherwise known as Angels and Amethyst, over on the Instagram. She has a wait list of over 400 people and clients numbering in the thousands. As she was building her business, it was completely by word of mouth. She is completely self-taught and led by the angelic realm. She works with angel energies, and she's able to feel angelic energy surrounding her clients. And when she works with you in a reading, she specifically supports you in helping to realign you to your path of the highest good with the support of your angels. So cool, right? Taylor's worked with celebrities, influencers, women all over the world, and a lot of the topics that she spends time on are around relationship, love lives, signs from the angels, also angel numbers, which we're going to talk about. I've been wearing this 222 necklace all year long. It is the angel number that I have been keeping very close to me. She's going to share her story, a bit about how she found this work. She shares a little bit about an experience with abuse early in her life. And I want to just give you that warning before we get into the conversation. She's a completely magical soul and just so beautiful inside and out. 
Let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Taylor Page. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. This is a conversation I'm so interested in the work that you do. So it's a conversation I've been so looking Mm -hmm. forward to. I can't wait to hear all about your journey into this work and to learn so much more about angelic connections, how we can work with our angels, all that good stuff. So let's start with your background and how you came into this magical work that you do today. Yeah, thank you. And I was saying before we started that I noticed your 222 necklace right away. And I was like, okay, this is going to be good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, yes. So yeah, I've always been a very intuitive person. Like most people, I got very scared in childhood um, and very turned off to all things that I couldn't see with my physical two eyes. Um, I was very tormented as a kid. I would blast Harry Potter books on tape every night to like go to sleep, and I was so scared. And so that led to a complete shutting down of my intuition, which led to hitting a rock Mm. bottom later in life. I was choosing the wrong relationships, the wrong career path. I was in an uh, abusive relationship. I was sick in my body. It was like everything hit rock bottom. And at a certain point, and still on top of that, there were still kind of like lower vibrational spirits and frequencies coming to me. And I was confused. It was just a really like low place energetically to just completely shut myself off from my intuition completely living in fear. And so finally, I think I was 25. I hit this rock bottom place. I had a big breakup with the partner I was with for like four years. That was a really bad relationship. And I was like, you know what? I can't keep living like this. Like, I know that there is more to this. I know that there are ways to connect with my intuition and angels felt like the safest possible entryway point that I could pick for myself. And I was like, okay, I'm going to open up. I'm going to invite my angels in. And it was as if I had this just inherent knowing that my angels were always with me and that they would be the safest option for me to explore my intuition. And I really do believe that there's such a gentle entryway point into this intuitive work. They're pure love. Um, So yeah, that's where I started. I invited my angels in. From there, I started giving myself little readings. And then, you know, my friends would ask for readings. And then it culminated in this one day at this cabin trip. I gave all of my friends readings in front of each other. And that was the first time I realized that everybody's angels felt different. And so that was really interesting. And so then from there, I had to get over a lot of my fear and put myself out there and say on Facebook, (laughs) um, hey, I'm doing angel readings. If anyone wants one for free for the next year, I'm practicing on whoever will let me. And I did a lot of readings that year. And And it just kind of spiraled into what it is today, which is insane how far it's come. Yeah. I mean, the work that you're doing, you've got a wait list of like, you know, 500-ish people, maybe more. (laughs) And you've got, you know, thousands of clients. You've, You've worked with people all over the world. How did you, in that, in that moment when you made the decision that, I'm I'm going to begin to I'm going to transform my life. I'm going to begin to embrace my intuition and 
the choice that I'm making is to do that through an invitation to angel energy. And that very first couple of experiences, how did you even know how to approach it? What was, what were the first steps for you? Yeah. It's interesting because I've never been formally taught. It's almost as if this was something that I naturally always had on the surface, but pushed down and repressed and was so scared and was so scared. And so it was as if my intuition just kind of knew like angels were safe. And then I just felt it out. And it's been a slow process of developing and becoming in this space. When I first started readings, I was nowhere near as open as I am now. You know, when I did like my practice readings for my friends, I would like pull a card and then I'd like read what the guidebook said, (laughs) you know, like it was definitely very different. And now I'm to the place where I don't even need cards to get messages. So, um, yeah, I think it was just a slow, deliberate exploration. And I think that to some degree, everyone could benefit from doing things that feel right to them. And I understand that, you know, having a teacher, having a um, spiritual mentor is so valuable, but I also think there's something to be said for leaning into your remembering and trusting your inner authority and developing your own unique way of connecting with the divine will be so much more powerful than replicating someone else's. Yeah, so so important. So what are some of the tools that someone could use to begin to increase their connection with the angels and their energetic sphere? Yeah, I have a whole course on this on my website, actually, and it's Become Your Own Angelic Intuitive with Oracle cards. So I really recommend Oracle cards to anyone who's just beginning. Tarot cards can work too, but tarot cards are just more advanced. So if you're a beginner, I would recommend starting with Oracle cards. And already when you're picking your deck, it's a time to try out your intuition, see what sparks your imagination, see what draws you to it, run your hands over each deck and see if your anything buzzes or feels warm or feels like it draws you physically, you know, find these ways to exercise your different clairs, which are the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the knowing, even picking the right deck from that place and setting the intention of like, this will be the deck that my angels connect with me through. There's no right or wrong. Like angelic connection is truly about joy. And so, um, yeah, test, test that out with cards. I also think a great tool is to create a miracle journal. That's what I call it because we have these like beautiful experiences with angels. Like every day it's like, oh my gosh, I asked to see three, three, three. And then there was like a license plate. And then like someone texted me at 333 and then this happened. And in those moments, we feel so supported. We feel so surrounded. And then like five minutes later, we can easily just forget about it and be like, oh, that probably never happened. And I'm not connected and there are no angels. So I'm like, write a miracle journal and you will be blown away by how many things that you forget. And as soon as you read those over again, it will lift you up to the same vibrational place that makes you more magnetic to receive those signs. Mm. Uh, I love that. I love that practice. So we've talked about my 222 and you're talking about seeing those signs like 333. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about signs, angel numbers, synchronicities that can happen in our day when those 
Well, first, for someone who's listening and they're like, wait, I don't even know what an angel number (laughs) is. What does this mean? What is an angel number? We'll start there. So an angel number in essence is a sign in the form of numbers that come from your angels. And they take the form of repeating numbers often because those get our attention. And sometimes it can be like 1212 or other types of numbers. Um, And if a number has a really important meaning to you. Like, oh, growing up, I was number four in basketball and I was number four my whole life. It's like, okay, then you seeing just four could be your angel number. So always listen to your subconscious attachments to the numbers over what someone is telling you the number means. Again, going back to your own inner authority with this spiritual work is going to be so much more important than what anyone else assigns to you. Um, So yeah, angel numbers are basically these signs. And when you're seeing a bunch, like so many people tell me like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing angel numbers every day. I'm seeing all different types of angel numbers. That is your angels being like, hey, we're here. See these glitches in the matrix? Like, connect with us. There's so much more that meets the eye. Or as I say, there's so much more that meets the third eye. And so there is just this beautiful sense of being held and loved and supported. And then from there, what I also tell my students is in your miracle journal, start to make codes with your angels because you can also work Mm. with angel numbers in an active way. Instead of just passively looking for them, you can assign your own meetings to numbers. You can meditate for angel numbers. You can set an alarm for an angel number and say like, hello to your angels at that time. Like you can work with angel numbers and program them throughout your day as well. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I obviously wearing this 222 all year, I get asked all the time, well, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? What? And I know what it means for yeah. me. It's I, I chose this particular series of numbers, the 222, as a reminder to self to stay really connected to the divine mm-hmm. feminine this year. I'm such a person who can be really... Um, connected to my work and I can get so focused on work that I forget to invite in softness and flow and ease. And my partner and I are working on building a family. And so to me, it was all about that energy of the mother energy, the divine feminine energy. And it can mean something really different for someone else, but that's what it means to me. And so when someone asks me like, oh, do I need a two, two, two? I'm like, it's my, it's what works. It's what I needed this year. It's what worked for me this year. And you should certainly see what you feel drawn to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, chills when you say that connection to the divine feminine, because it's so needed right now. Um, you know, like crazy. So, um, I think that's really beautiful and it's so true. These angel numbers are totally in resonance with what we what our subconscious mind attaches to them. So I think that's so, so beautiful. And also, Mm, sorry, I just remembered what I wanted to say. Um, So that necklace is like a promise to your inner goddess, your inner divine feminine. It's this like promise necklace that you'll always honor her. And I love that concept of like wearing jewelry as a, a sacred vow and covenant. I've actually worn a promise ring to my angels every single day for like six years. And, um, yeah, longer than my wedding ring. Um, and so (laughs) this is a, a symbol that I'll never, my angels are always with me. And this is my promise that I'll always be with them as well. 
Oh, so beautiful. I absolutely love that. Let's talk a little bit more about signs. What are some other signs that someone could be on the lookout for or even ask for to develop that deeper connection and communication with their angels? Yeah, so signs can be absolutely anything. And synchronicity is totally a language of the divine. So if you notice, someone has told me about this book I should read, and then I heard it about, about it on a podcast, and then it popped up on a random ad, and then this, it's like, that could be a sign. You know, sometimes it's not just the classic, like, butterflies. Even though winged animals are such a common sign from the angelic realm, whether it's um, you know, mm. butterflies, hummingbirds, ladybugs, dragonflies. Um, I also see rainbows as an angelic sign a lot. Um, there's so many different signs. Truly anything can be a sign. Um, and again, it comes back to a really similar principle as with angel numbers of seeing what your subconscious attachment is to that sign. Like maybe for someone, a B is like the most beautiful sign they could get because it reminds them to go from beautiful flower to beautiful flower and pollinate their life. And there's like a beautiful message for that. But then for someone who's deathly afraid of bees and they are scared of bees, then B wouldn't right. be like a great sign for them. They'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of bees. So use your subconscious uh, attachments or conscious attachments to animals, numbers, symbols, because everything is a sign. There's no accident that things are crossing your consciousness as they are. Yeah, I think that's really important, right? That we we don't get so dialed into, oh, this is what I've been mm-hmm. told is the sign to look for. And if this doesn't show up for me, then it isn't, there's not a thing happening here. There's nothing here for me. Getting really connected to what what you may notice and what intuitively resonates with you is such a a beautiful way to start doing this work, right? Yeah. And it's just like every soul is different. We all have our own, you know, karma and past life knowledge and personalities and what lights us up. And so signs are not going to be one size fits all, just like nothing else in life is. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really important reminder. Let's talk about manifestation. We do a lot of manifestation work in our community. We offer courses and workshops and journal work around manifestation. We talk a lot about on this podcast. So I was digging around over on your Instagram page, and I came across a post about working with a very specific angel to help you with your manifestation practice. And I would love if you would give us a little more detail about manifesting using the guidance of angels and what what which particular angel might we call on to support us for manifestation purposes? Yes. So I believe the post you're talking about was Archangel Raziel. Um, and yeah, that is it was. beautiful. So Raziel is all about like manifestation codes, up-leveling, getting these divine downloads from the angelic realm. Um, so that's definitely an angel that can help you with your manifestation project, uh, project <laughs> um, goals. But... Yeah, Yeah. apart from that, you can also work with your own guardian angels because oftentimes 
our shadows, our limiting beliefs, our negative self-talk, and the way that we filter everything through our conscious awareness is what's blocking our manifestations from coming through. And so working with your angels to heal yourself, to step into radical self-love, to have the bravery to embody your authentic, your most authentic self, it's like angels can help you so much heal the wounds on your soul that keep you from authentically being able to not only manifest, but maintain a high enough vibration to keep everything that you're manifesting. And so, yeah, I think angels are a great partner energetically for all of your manifestations. They can also help guide you in the goals that you set for yourself and what you're choosing to manifest. Because sometimes, and this happens in readings all the time, people are like, I'm manifesting this. And your angels are like, you're thinking like this right now. And we need you thinking like this. And for the people listening, I'm making my hands small and then big, expanded. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think that um, there are different archangels that you can work with for different particular things like Archangel Camuel for love or Raziel for like divine downloads and just upgrading codes of knowledge of how to upgrade your vibration. Um, You know, it depends on what you're manifesting because there's so many different angelic presences, but I always recommend working with your own guardian angels because they're specifically attuned to the vibration of your higher self and they will help you on your path to clearing your heart space, to embodiment, to um, really stepping into your full power. Mm, So good. Is there, okay, I have two questions (laughs) about your specific guardian angels. One, when you sit down and you're working through your manifestation practice. In our community, we have uh, an eight-step process and we work through declaring intentions, really working on our vibrational frequency. We work on finding those really expansive people to be lit up by, to see as um, folks that we are aspiring to, to become more like. And then one of the steps in our process is following the guides. And when we teach that in our community, it could be following your own inner guide, your heart wisdom. It could be listening to the intuition, your your own intuition and getting really attuned to that. It could also be noticing those hunches or pings or downloads. And, And then the other possibility would be listening or following the guidance of your guardian guardian angels. So long way to get to this question. But the question is, how do we know who our guardian angels are? And once we've started to become comfortable with understanding who they are, what is a way that we can open up the communication to them to support us on this manifestation Yeah, I love that. And the first thing I want to say is that whenever I talk about manifestation with working with angels, um, I always say that a really powerful thing to say to close your manifestation practice is, angels, please give me this or something better that I'm not seeing. And so I think like angels have this high perspective of the whole roadmap that can really help us um, navigate and go in directions that might scare us or seem unknown, but they see the bigger picture. Um, So yeah, jumping forward to your questions, knowing who our angels are is an interesting question because it's really easy to project human consciousness onto who they are. You know, they're not restricted by time, space, names, physical form. In fact, even the word angel is slightly limiting to them. Um, So 
basically they're a form of energy that's perfectly attuned to your higher self. So when you say like, oh, is there like three of you? Are there five of you? It's like they don't know separation in the same way that we do on this planet in this form with physical bodies. And so sometimes they will take shapes and names to help us better understand them. And you can ask them for that as well. You can say like, angels, what do you want me to call you? Like, what's an image I can see that I'll know it's you? Um, Oftentimes they'll show me different colors, like colored energy or colored lights around them. Um, But yeah, it's more of a form of energy. And then to more open the, uh, the communication lines between you and your angels, I recommend gratitude is like just a bridge to the angelic realm of thanking them like every day, every night to start your day, to end your day. Thanking them is a really beautiful way to feel closer. And also the main um, entry point into angelic connection is inviting your angels in because they firmly will go with your free will. So if you are not comfortable or you're not inviting them in, they will respect that and they will step back. But as soon as you invite them in they and ask for a sign or ask for their guidance, you can be really specific. I feel like some people, and I understand mm. this because it's so like beautiful and grand to think of, wow, like my guardian angels around me can kind of walk on eggshells around them or not really ask for what they want. But over time, just like with any relationship, you'll get to know them more. You'll get to know their signs more. You'll get to know how they feel. You'll get to just naturally be closer. And I think it takes a daily practice, meditation, and setting your intention to connect with them. And setting your timer for an angel number is like a really beautiful way to just connect with them for a mini session every day. Um, But yeah, I think that like any relationship, it takes time and don't be discouraged if in like the first week you don't understand exactly what your angels are saying to you because that's really advanced. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that sometimes I, I love the point that you shared about we're trying to put this energetic being into a personified story. We're like, okay, it must be my grandmother or it must be, you know, it has to be something like that. When in reality, what you're describing is something that's way outside of the human construct. Exactly. And and a note on past loved ones is that the angels I'm talking about have never been human. Um, Past loved ones most certainly work with our angels, are around us, are protecting us, are guiding us, but they fall into the category of ancestors. And so, yeah, when I feel angelic vibrations. They're warm. They're up here. They're high. They're, um, it just feels different. It's joyful. It's exciting. And when I feel into past loved ones, they're a little bit colder. They're, um, uh, they are more earthy and it just is a completely different sensation. It's different energetic beings. And we can tap into the energy of both. Both are available to us. And both work together 100%. Yeah, so it's that's a really incredible distinction because I think that most of the time, especially for someone who might be learning, they're they are trying to they're trying to grasp who this person could be and how they could know me yeah. and why they would want to show up yeah. for me and from from the way you're describing it, the angelic energy and the angelic beings they're not showing up because they 
they already had a relationship with you. That isn't what they're, they're not here to continue something that already was in existence in the human form. Yeah. And I also hear people who will say things like, oh, I'm married to Archangel Michael or like project these kind of human types of like binding Mm -hmm. contracts or I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but yeah, it's not as if they're continuing something or picking up the ball or you have this like karma together. They're purely a force of guiding, loving support. And they're really here to help us and our soul evolve and grow into the highest vibration it can be. And therefore really helping the planet and humanity as well. Yeah, so beautiful. Okay, so I have to ask you about this because I know it's something that you've talked about before and I think it's so interesting. So for those that are listening that are working to manifest a relationship, you've talked about using intuition, of course, but also the angelic connection through online dating apps to find, find some awareness of who might be a good good person for you to go on a date with, yeah. to start to to meet, you know, for a, a p- potential future relationship. Talk to me a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. And so online dating apps are just one piece of the puzzle. You know, we can meet people in so many different ways, but I personally think that online dating apps are the perfect practice ground for your intuition. And I think that sometimes with dating apps, it's like an ego playground. And it's so hard to attract the vibration of love from that energetic place. You could see your soulmate right in front of you and not recognize them because your ego is the one driving, which is really hard to attract authentic love from. And so it's a really great opportunity to put your ego in check, to do a little meditation, to come from a really intentional place, setting the intention to find love and asking your angels to help you. And then really use your psychic senses as you're scrolling and be like, would this person be for my highest good to connect with and feel into that? And this isn't saying like spy on them psychically, you know, don't ask like any <laughs> right. for any additional information, but just in regards to how you and them would connect and really trust that and breathe into that. I mean, I met my husband on Bumble and I was doing these practices And he was someone who maybe if I was unconscious, I wouldn't have, I would have come up with a million reasons why I wouldn't say yes. But then I said yes. And from the moment I met him in real life, I like knew, okay, yeah, this is going to be a real thing. Like he is so special and I'm so grateful for him. And so I think that we sabotage ourselves. We go for the same type of person. And if you're going for the same type of person over and over again, you're attracting the same kind of lessons over and over again. It shows a big block that you you need to heal in yourself. And I was doing that. I was dating the same kind of guy every time. It was never working out. It ended the same kind of way every time. And then finally, I was like, this is just completely an ego story. And I really worked with my angels to heal my shadows, to be happy single, to create a life that I loved. I did a little bit of spell work as well. And I think there's different components where there's the pre-work of being ready to be consciously dating, where we heal our shadows, where we release our baggage, where we uh, find the awareness to come into it from the right energetic state. And then there's the practical application of staying in a higher-minded place through dating, which angels can really help you with that because (laughs) there were times that I would leave dates 
And I would like cry. I would like cry so hard and really believe I'd never find someone. And there are these times where it's so hard to stay spiritually connected and feel like uh, joyful and excited. Like dating can be one of the hardest things to navigate and working with angels, using your Oracle cards. Like these are things in my toolbox that completely helped me. And then there's like astrology and magical tools and ways to tell like, you know, compatibility or which I don't believe like in sun sign compatibility or any of that stuff, but there's just so many magical tools at our disposal when it comes to finding a partner. And I just think dating apps are like the perfect place to practice radical telling of your truth, radical speaking your truth, stripping away your ego. And you can literally see in real time on the dating apps, the exact types of people and patterns that you just keep recreating. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so real. Right. And it's like, at least you can catch it before. Now you've gone like super deep and now you, you look around and you're like, Oh, I'm in the exact, Oh, here he is again. I'm in the exact same relationship or here she is again. I'm in the exact same story that I've been in many times before because we do that, right? We, we absorb, we, especially if we're coming out of, if we're going from toxic relationship to toxic relationship, which was very much my story too, before I met Ben, it was, toxic relationship to toxic relationship i was absorbing i was absorbing all of the story that they were telling me about yeah. myself right and so all of a sudden that becomes a part of my shadow i've fully adopted their messaging as a part of who i am and so as i go looking for the next person i'm showing up with that energy yeah. completely yeah. attached yeah. and before i had the tools to do the cord cutting work to really get grounded in self and understand my value and worth. It was like, oh, I'm doing the same thing all over again. So what you're describing in this process gives, gives, gives us a lot of clarity or gives someone a lot of clarity around, okay, am I, am I immediately going to that same story all over again by the folks I'm choosing this through this app process, or can I show up a bit differently and start using the tools at my disposal to do the work on self so that I can attract in a partner who is going to be really aligned for me in a very special way? Yeah, absolutely. And I so resonate with everything you just said. And I feel like it's one of the things that motivated me to do this work is the abusive, toxic relationship that I went through. And I know it's not unique to me. I feel like every, almost every single person, especially with feminine energy as their like main driving force has this experience with toxic relationships, with abuse. And that's like what true cord cutting is, is locating the way their voice seeped into our inner voice and is then shading everything about our lives and who we pick. Like, you know, I believed that I wasn't enough, that I would never find someone better than him, blah, blah, blah. And like, I firmly believe that. And you have to believe that to authentically attract a partner like that. And so that's where the shadow work portion of being ready to attract love. You have to radically love yourself before you can ever maintain a relationship that is based on love. Yeah, it's so important. When I, when I met Ben, I, I had just, um, I just quit my corporate job. I'd kind of left 
much of a way of being for me, one way of being, which was working in this corporate realm, kind of doing the same, the same things all the time, same group of friends. And I had left all of that. I had moved overseas. I had just moved back to the city I was living before I'd, I'd moved for six months. And it was like everything. I was showing up to everything with very fresh eyes. I met him in person. Actually, mm-hmm. we were, I was doing a, a kind of a work event and he was there and we, it was, it was, many, many months of long distance because he wasn't, he didn't even live in, in the same city as me. We were, we met and then he was gone. And we had a lot of our conversations via phone and text and FaceTime over the first like several months of us dating. But one of the things that we hold on to from our very, our very big, the very beginning of our relationship was after our first date, the next morning, I felt like no, no part of me wanted to play any sort of game yeah. with him. I just felt like this incredibly deep connection. And I text messaged him the next morning at 7.57 in the morning. So it was like not even 8 a.m. And I'm like, I want to see you again. I just was like, I don't have any reason to not tell him exactly how I feel. And so now that number has become a number mm. for us. So when we see the number 7.57, we say to one another, love received, because that was the moment that we both knew that there was a love being received Aww, between the two of us, beautiful. which is a really fun way to use the numbers. But also just remember that when you're sharing and receiving love, you know, if you're feeling it, it's okay to express yeah. it. And you don't have to play yeah. games when you've done this type yeah. of work on yourself. I so agree. And that's actually something that I'll be teaching about in my love life workshop is, are you texting from a place of love or fear? Because that's where the games mm. really come from. And so you were texting from a place of love. You're like, oh my gosh, it's like yeah. lighting me up. You <laughs> obviously weren't thinking about, is it too early? Is it that? It's like you came exactly purely from the heart. And that's like a perfect example of how to cultivate love. But texting from fear would be like, oh, it's too early. Oh, I want him to like say it first or this or that. And it's that leads you down this path that does not foster love and anything you speak from your heart space that isn't received well was never meant to be yours anyway it just prolongs the truth from coming out so truly speaking from the heart and texting from a place of love over fear is like the fastest easiest way to weed out or cultivate something that is or is not meant for you yeah, it's so true, right? It's we we think there's all these rules that we need to play by in order to have this perfect relationship story come into our lives. And the reality is if we actually lead from heart, if we really listen to our intuition and do what feels incredibly aligned for us, which means you've got to do that work and really practice practice connecting to that that inner voice, that that heart wisdom. But when you do that, there's, there's just, everything comes through so authentically. Yeah. So true. It's so true. And my husband was very similar after our first, we FaceTimed at first and he immediately was like, when can I see you again? Like played no games. And that is like someone who is ready for love. If you're still playing games, it shows that you're protecting your heart space from something. It shows that you're not completely open-hearted and vulnerable because of past wounds. So games are your little tests and things to maneuver. But someone who is like, yep, I I like you. I want to see you is open-hearted and in a place that's ready to cultivate love. 
Mm, so good. So important. If you notice in yourself, if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, that feels like me. I am very much showing up from a place of protection. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, we do that because we've experienced 100%. wounds. We've experienced a deep yeah. hurt. So what are some of the things someone could do to begin to heal those wounds yeah. so that they can start to cultivate love in a new way? Speaking from personal experience, one of the most powerful things that I did when I hit rock bottom, I was scared of physical abuse. I left my apartment at like 3 a.m. on Halloween morning and had to go to a hotel. I had to have a security guard stand by me while I packed a bag. And I got Mm -hmm. to this hotel and I looked in the mirror and I made a sacred vow to myself, similarly to this promise ring. And I said, never again. This will never happen to me again. I will never accept a form of abuse ever again. And I think that when we don't trust others, it's because we really don't trust ourselves. It's because there has been a form of self-betrayal of letting these things continue on and anger towards ourselves for accepting less than we deserve. And so I think if you're in that place, it's not a time to be dating. I think it's a time to be learning to trust yourself and to start making promises to yourself that you can keep because that will build up self-trust. And so finding ways to empower yourself, whether it's learning a new skill, reading a book that empowers you, getting new knowledge, meeting new friends, whatever it is, That tells me that there is some more time of being single, of filling your own cup. And when you're in a place of trusting yourself and you've made that vow to never accept anything less, when someone comes around and tries to give you less, you're like, ha, funny, bye. You know what I mean? It's only when you're like, oh no, my shadow still exists. So I might still respond to that energy. So I'm going to keep my protections up, which just means you're not fully healed from past experiences yet to be able to move forward. And like I say, Mm. baggage, we talk about baggage and rebounds. You can still be rebounding and in rebound relationships for years if you haven't done your work. Everyone can be a rebound for the next decade if you haven't healed from that great love that still has you closing your heart. So in my opinion, everything is kind of a rebound or a band-aid until you've done that deep healing work. So good. Yeah, and there's there's certainly practices to build self-trust that can be little daily things that we commit to ourselves and we show up for. So that could be every morning I'm going to take a few minutes and write a self-love note to myself in my yeah. journal. So it's going to be just something I say that's beautiful about me to me. Maybe that's a way to show up and start to trust yourself because you commit to doing it and you actually follow through. Maybe it's doing some mirror talk in the morning. Maybe it's your movement practice. You are going to show up and take care of your body every day and you're going to do that through dancing in the kitchen or going to yoga or going on a hike. But the commitment is I'm going to do this for me every day and it's only for me. And then when I show up and do it, that trust muscle builds a little bit more. I so agree. And I think another way to build trust with yourself is to be honest with yourself. So many times in readings, people's angels are like, she's not being honest with herself or they're not being honest with themselves Mm -hmm. because we have this, whenever you notice this kind of judge and jury dynamic in your head of like, well, I should do this and that, and and that's an argument for this. And I should do that. You're not being honest with what your heart is really asking for. And so it's really hard to trust yourself if you're not 
honoring what you really want deep down because you know no one else will honor it if you don't. And so I think radical honesty with yourself, as difficult as that can be, is so freeing and will build so much trust. Oh, so good. So important. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So Taylor, tell us what it's like in a reading. And I'm going to preface this with, you have a big wait list. So if somebody is like, I have to have a reading, there's a big wait list. And there's lots of other ways to work with you. And I want you to tell us about those too. But tell us what a reading experience is like. Yeah. So in a reading with me, um, they're all virtual. So I read for people all over the world. And it's really safe place of love and no judgment. And we call your angels in with a little prayer. I let you know whatever I get from them off the bat. And then you can come with questions and I pull cards and, um, it's just a really beautiful way. Sometimes past loved ones come in, sometimes pets come in. It's a very open, loving place and they're just so beautiful. I'm so grateful to do what I do. And my readings are less predictive because I personally believe that we create the future in the present moment. And even if I see future possible timelines coming up, I always say you have the power to change this in this moment. So I try to give very empowering messages that let you know you're in the driver's seat of your own life. It's nothing like 10 years from now, this is going to happen. It's not like that. Um, It's all about giving you the healing, the clarity, and the guidance in the present moment to create the highest possible timeline for yourself, which is very in alignment with the angelic principle of free will, which is so important. And so, yeah, I do have a long wait list. um, But if you want to work with me, I do have an offering called Earth Angel Club, which I do for each different zodiac season. So I think the Cancer one, and then there's going to be the Virgo one, the Leo one. Um, So each zodiac season has that. And it's a mix of astrological updates, energetic updates, archangel healing meditations that I guide you through. And then there's an open forum Q and a at the end where you can ask a question to your angels. And it kind of turns into like a group reading, which is really beautiful. But what uh, I love about that as well is that if you're a part of Earth Angel Club, it does give you priority scheduling with me as well. So it does fill up. There are limited seats, but that is a way to connect with me sooner. And then, of course, you can take my workshops. Um, right now, I have my Be Your Own Angelic Intuitive workshop series on my website. Um, code 333 will give you $33 off. Um, and then by the time this comes out, I should have my Love Life workshop, which is currently untitled, but I am creating a love life workshop. It's a passion project. I want to share everything that I did to heal myself, recover from rock bottom and attract the love of my life to myself. So yeah, I just want to help other people who could be struggling with similar shadows and similar backgrounds. You know, it's so prevalent. So that should be on my website and available for replay as well. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you much, so much for sharing all of that and for giving us such beautiful things to consider and some really practical ways that we can begin to connect more deeply into our intuition and invite in angel energy into our lives to support us and guide us. It's so appreciated. Thank you for for all of this wisdom. Yes, thank you so much for having me and thank you for your beautiful questions. I just want all of your listeners to know that you're so loved. You're so guided. Every single person walks with angels. 
all you have to do is invite them in. Mm, so good. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much to Taylor for joining us. So much wisdom and something I'm going to dive a whole lot more into. I definitely feel that spirit connection and I learned so much today about the difference in spirit guides and your angels and ancestors and all of the different entities. I had a conversation, I don't know, last earlier this year, maybe on this show, and we talked about the fairy realm and beings from other worlds. And there's just so much to discover. And I appreciate you all joining me for these conversations, being open and interested. Let me know what's resonating with you. And if you are loving the show, please give us a five-star review. If you're listening on Apple Pods on iTunes, take a look down at your phone right now. You can scroll down on the app to the section that says leave a review tap five stars, type in a little note. Let me know what episode has been your favorite so far, which guests you're loving, who you'd like to potentially have on the show. The more feedback we get, the better we can make things. And it means the world to me. Of course, share in social too, if you feel called to do that and tag us at your woo woo BFF. Thank you so much for being here. As always, we'll be back again next Thursday. With that, we are complete. Wishing you a wonderful start to Virgo season. Fall is on the way. All the love for the changing seasons. Take care. See you soon.